You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you for another Flashback Friday episode, and a big one today as we play our very, very first chat with the esteemed queen of Survivor, Sandra Diaz Twine, two time winner, three time player. You're about to see her again on Survivor Island of the Idols starting very, very soon. And this is the very first time we had her on the show. So we've had her on plenty of times since, and it's going to be uh, quite exciting to see her on our screens again in only a few weeks' time in a different capacity rather than playing, although you know you're going to see her again playing again the season after that in Season 40. So here it is, our very first interview with Sandra Diaz-Twine from the Survivor Oz days. We hope you enjoy it. Sandra Diaz Twine competed in the seventh season of Survivor in the Pearl Islands and the 20th season of Heroes vs. Villains, where she would create history by winning both and becoming the only two-time winner of Survivor in its history. Despite being written off by many as a lucky winner, Sandra stands by her claims that she is the queen of Survivor and holds the distinction of being the record holder for most money won on American television by a female contestant in the history of TV. I spoke to Sandra about her amazing two-time winning streak, whether or not she will return to make it three from three, as well as whether or not it was hard living with Johnny Fairplay or Russell Hance. Sandra, pleasure having you on this morning. Thank you, thank you for inviting me. It is my pleasure, actually. The queen of Survivor. I should have put that in the introduction, shouldn't I? No, you did You did good. I, didn't you say that? I think uh, you did. The, I said pretty much said the greatest Survivor of all time, but I'll add queen of Survivor in there because I think that's a title that you rightfully deserve. You know what? Not too long ago, one of my friends was like, you're not only the queen of the Pearl Islands, but you're also the queen of Samoa. And I was thinking, why am I the Queen of Samoa and I forgot that that's where heroes and villains took place. <laughs> I just consider it heroes and villains, that's it. I think but a lot of like, people yeah. forget that, don't they? Yeah, well, yeah, when you don't have uh, like Redemption Island, I can't even remember. Where in the South Pacific did it take place? Uh, it was, they filmed the last few in Samoa actually, basically, since they uh, filmed season 19 in Samoa. The only one that hasn't been filmed in Samoa since was Nicaragua. So okay. they've basically been filming back-to-back, I believe, since then. So it's a very popular destination at the moment. Yeah, it's good for them. Plus, they get to save money when they do it back-to-back like that because all the stuff is already there and they know the lay of the land. And um, it's a beautiful place, actually. And most people can't get out there, so it's a way for them to protect themselves, too, from you know, privacy and stuff like that. Indeed, indeed. And it's very close right here to us in Australia. But Sandra, of course, it's been nearly nine years, though, since you first appeared on Survivor Pearl Island back when you first won it. And, of course, you did win Heroes vs. Villains nearly two years ago as well. Did you ever imagine when you first put that application in that you would be sitting here a two-time winner of Survivor? Never. And I never expected to win the first time nor the second time. So they've both been a blessing. Yeah, indeed it has. And that Pearl Islands, I remember this was back, of course, season seven that was. A lot of people were remember that season I think for two things and that was Rupert and the Outcast but I think that's a bit disappointing that a lot of people don't really go out too much and say oh I remember that for Sandra winning her first game because really you you won it so you should be the one that's remembered for it. Yeah and not only that Fair Play too. Fair Play made a big name for himself. A lot of times they remember the grandma lie, the grandma dying versus me winning. Um, But you got the hardcore fans that really know you know what's going on and, and they know who I am but it was a blessing. It really 
was. And um, I would love to play again. I, I would. Who wouldn't love to play again? There's so many survivors that would love to play again. So you would easily go in there for a third time and try and win it for three times? Well, I would love to, but I feel like nervous. I was nervous the second time around because I thought, okay, I've already won one time. I know they're going to come after me because that's what always happens whenever they have returning players that are winners. And it didn't happen like that. But for sure, the third time, I'm like, oh, my God, what do I have to offer them other than my loyalty? You know, I've already won two times. And to me, it would be a, a no-brainer to take me to the end because I wouldn't win a third time. There's no way I'd get another million dollars. But at the same time, I'm like, no, I wouldn't want to go out there and be the first one voted off and be humiliated. Very interesting, actually, the way you point that out because I remember back in All-Stars, it was essentially the way they wanted to do it, get rid of the winners early. They've already won it. They don't deserve another shot. But in Heroes vs. Villains, that mentality wasn't there. And in the final three, of course, you ended up with yourself, a former winner, Parvati, a former winner, and Russell, a man who had obviously finished in the top two in the previous season. And it was so interesting going into that final three. I'm watching that thinking, Russell's probably going to win this if they go for the vote. Oh, Parvati and Sandra have already won. But of course, it didn't play out that way, did it? No, and that's exactly what Russell assumed too, that he would sit next to Parvati and me and win two seasons in a row thinking he had won the previous season, not knowing that Natalie had beat him. So, um... It was a it, it was a pretty intense and and even when I won I still had this face of uh, I was still pissed off like I wasn't happy because he was just making my game seem so irrelevant and and people tell me all the time oh you were under the radar and, and I think like how can I be under the radar and go 36 straight days without no one putting my name down with the exception of um, Rupert and Colby and they only did that because they assumed that they could get me out that that Russell had turned against me but how can you be under the radar and your name not come up at tribal council that's what I don't understand and people don't realize that they don't show you everything and you can play a part of that into editing can't you because as you were saying they don't show everything so they don't really know your true game do they no and I'm a very vocal person and um, trust me I was there and I was in their face every day but you know for me it's more of Make sure that you go to tribal council and and make it out of there with your torch still lit. That's what it is for me. And back, of course, way back for season seven for Pearl Islands. Oh, that was my daughter talking to me. What was your question? No, you're right. Hello to your daughter out there, Sandra. Hello from Australia. (laughs) Oh, okay. I'll tell her. She's asking me for her homework. (laughs) We'll all help. We'll all sit down here and we'll help her out with the homework. How about that? (laughs) It's Spanish and I was making sure everything was right because they're doing end of grade testing now. So I'm like, you better get 100. This is perfect. (laughs) Well, I think maybe you probably would be better suited there to helping. I don't know any Spanish, Sandra, so I would be struggling. Yeah. You know what I wanted to tell you? on my wall I have all these pictures because for us to get into Samoa we had to go through Australia and I bought all these um, Aboriginal paintings the dot paintings oh yes yes I got a bunch of the um, uh, the things you throw um, boomerangs yeah I got boomerangs and I have a um, a turtle and a lizard too that um, is 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 made of wood but then yep. it's drawn with the dots and I have just one wall in my living room dedicated to my trip to Australia Fantastic. Whereabouts was that? Was that through Sydney, was it? I believe so. The airport, the biggest airport there. Which one is it? That would be Sydney, yes, indeed. Yep, and that's where I was at. We were just stuck in the airport, though. They only let us outside, you know, like Rupert was smoking for the smokers. You get to go outside, but then they force you back in, you know what I'm saying? And then you really can't talk to anybody and socialize. So it's like, you know, you're just there looking at 
whatever there is to see, and it was just mainly the stores inside the airport. Right, right, indeed. Did anyone actually recognize you? Because there's a big fan following for Survivor in this country. Well, a lot of people, they just point at certain people, and then it, it's like they're like, where do I know that person from? Or they're not sure, or, or they know who you are, but they're afraid to approach you. And, and being that we're all like in different sections, I'm sure they're like, wait a minute, what's going on? Why is Boston Rob over there, and Jerry over there, and Sandra over there, and Rupert over there on that end? So we were all distanced from each other because you know you can't talk yeah, but we yeah. still have to travel yeah I reckon there's probably a few of them sneakily pulled out their phones and uh, put a few Twitter tweets out there to say hang on a minute Boston Rob's here and I also just saw Jerry there's something going on here in Australia no I think Twitter's more recent I don't think they were they were doing Twitter when we were okay. out there next time Sandra if they ever do another All Stars one out in Samoa you, you, you might see that if you have to make a stop off here in Australia yeah and I'll finish getting more stuff from my wall I might have to end up getting another wall we'll send you some stuff we'll send you some stuff from Tasmania because we've got the Tasmanian devil here very famous of course in our state and uh, mm-hmm. we can we can send you a whole bunch of stuff to help you complete that wall if you like awesome <laughs> we'll become trading buddies we seem to be doing that a lot with survivors we love it but what initially drew you Sandra to applying for survivor um I had just gotten a computer and this was back in in the Christmas of 2002 and right when the finale happened Jeff had said um, if you think you have what it takes go to cbs.com and put in your application so I said you know what I always fail at my New Year's resolutions but my New Year resolution this year will be to apply for survival because from the sofa I'm like oh I could do that I could survive it can't be no worse than being in the army and I pulled out you know I, I printed out my application I sent it in and they called me but it was like a year process it, close enough to a year um, and then, or it felt like a year. It wasn't overnight. It was a slow process, flying back and forth to California and, and to New York and stuff like that. And then they finally put me on the show. And I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win the million dollars. And I always thought that I would be one of the first ones to go home, but I just kept getting out of it. You know, you always have to just keep strategizing. You have to be one step ahead of everybody else. And I ended up winning the show, and I just couldn't believe it. But I had always been a fan of Survivor, and I still am. I watch all the seasons. I may not know every single person. Like, if they're voted off early, I don't remember their names or their faces or what season they belong to because it's so many of us. But the ones that last a long time that I become friends with, those are always, like, right here in my head. Yeah, it's an interesting point, actually. It's always good to talk to fans of the show when they get accepted for it, because I could obviously imagine the excitement of being put out there. But then, as a fan of the show, too, that could almost work as a bit of a flip side there, because you possibly go into that game thinking, oh, yeah, I know all about Survivor, I watch this, I know what to do. But being there, it's completely different, isn't it? It's a total different experience. And like I said, um, I've taken a little bit from every season, and then I just have this winning strategy. But when things don't look like they're going right, I'm not scared to make a move. And I kind of loved Cochran's game up until, I mean, I understand why he flipped on his tribe, but... um, there were different stuff along the way that could have ensured, like, let's say when Don got voted off, has she said something to somebody? I'm sure they could have brought him back to reality and said, Cochran, don't do what you're going to do. You know, there, there's a lot of things that you watch and you see and you say, gosh, they're like rookies. They must not know how to play Survivor because that's a huge mistake that they're making right there. So mm-hmm. for me, I just take a little bit of everything and I just put it together. And, and sometimes when people ask me about Richard Hatch, I'm like, yeah, you got to understand Richard won the first season and yeah, he's 
Dr. King, but can Richard play the survivor of today? You mm-hmm. know, I've gone and played Survivor 7 and I've gone and played Survivor 20 with some of the best survivors ever out there, you know, and still came out on top. But can Richard come and play that kind of game? You know, does he still have that same Richard mentality of season one? Mm. And now we're on season, what, 24? Indeed, indeed. We're about to start 24 recently. It's, it's a fantastic point, Sandra, because that's another thing that some people probably don't give you credit for. It's not like you came out in number 16 and number 20 as a poverty. I mean, she won it in 16. She was in the more modern form of the game. You're back in seven, moving forward to season 20. Things like the immunity, hidden immunity idol have been introduced since then, and it's a completely different game. And it's a good point you make with Richard Hatch, because in All-Stars, he tried to play exactly the same game, didn't work for him that well and I'm actually watching the first season as we speak and it's interesting to see how easy he seems to have it because nobody knows how to play the game at that point do they right nobody everyone there was brand new and and even to this day they still pick people you know they see people that are nice on the eyes and they put them out there and these people maybe watch one season on survivor on dvd and, and they think they know the game and they get out there and it's a different story but i think that a fan somebody that has actually watched the seasons and followed it have a better shot mm. than someone that they just grab off the street and say look here's your dvd memorize it or watch it do 16 hours straight and go on the show and see what you can do and they, a lot of them make rookie mistakes so you can tell when it's a like boston rob season with all those people that were just following him along you would say like lord have mercy did these people not watch survivor like how far are you gonna let him go yeah exactly and that's a point i always like to point out because that was billed as the russell versus rob season the the tribe with russell was smart they got him out early i assume they would do the same with rob because this is a guy no matter how much people think he's liked he's a notorious villain i mean every single season he played that all-star season he played in getting people out left right and center to protect amber that was a it was a brutal season on a lot of people and yet they managed to just basically let him win that season didn't they yeah but the chances that those people even went as far back as to watch that season probably zero yeah they probably just based it on heroes versus villains and essentially they thought oh he wasn't too bad in that one he was out early yep so you know what as a matter of fact going back to russell when we went out there on day one he didn't know who half the players were the only people he knew was poverty because he had watched her season on dvd they had given him micronesia on dvd that's how he knew who poverty was and amanda because she was on that season as well Hmm. other than that he didn't know who i was that i was a former winner he didn't know who anybody was you know so it shows you that they're just grabbing these people out of nowhere but he thought you know since i did so good in the previous season i'm gonna take these people to school but that wasn't the you know that wasn't you know he went far but it wasn't so and on the flip side, too, of course, I mean, none of you knew who he was because you hadn't seen his season yet. So did you assume, though, that this guy must be pretty evil if he's on the villains after only one season? No, because I was on the villains and I don't consider myself a bad person. <laughs> uh, that first but, episode, though, the pulling of the short, Sandra, I think a lot of people disagreed with you after that. Oh, oh, when I took off uh, uh, Sugar's top. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, but you know what? But going back to what you said about Russell being on the villains tribe, I'm like, why am I over here? And they're like, because you'll do whatever it takes to win the game so I'm thinking oh okay if that's the criteria that they're basing it on that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody on the villains tribe is actually a villain Mm. because I don't see Courtney as a villain Mm. yeah that's an interesting point actually because I suppose the category of villain is 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 wide open isn't it yeah it's interpreted in different ways but they just you know but you know what I couldn't have changed I'm glad that I ended up on the villains because I wouldn't have lasted on the heroes because it was just too much drama over there but another thing that I wanted to tell you was that 
um, Jesus, I forgot. I lost my train of thought. It, it had to do with Russell. Um, Happens every morning on this show, Sandra. We wouldn't go five minutes without losing our train of thought. Oh, my God. We'll forget <laughs> it. I'll get back to it when I remember what I was going to tell you. But go ahead. Ask me something else. Well, I was going to ask when the villains tribe that you want, of course, you were just mentioning that I suppose not all of them. It's, it's, a, it's a wide category for defining the word villain. Was there anybody on that tribe, though, that, that disappointed you in living up to that reputation and maybe that you thought they aren't as good a survivor as I thought when I watched their season? No, you know what? Um, there was a there was a couple of people that I had because the truth is, when I went out there, I looked back on the internet and tried to figure out who else they might have over there, right? Mm. So I started going back to remember certain things about their seasons that were very important, like who, who betrayed who, uh, who was lied to by who, just different things that I thought that I could use to my advantage, right? hoping that these people would be out there. Like, I thought Johnny Fairplay would be out there, and he was, and I thought there'd be other winners out there, and there weren't. And then seeing who the villains were that were there, I was like, oh, okay, this is a good bunch. I think I can, and, and my thing is getting along with people. I don't like to be one of those people where you wake up in the morning and you're like, damn, she's still here. Like, we got to get rid of this clown. So um, I didn't feel like anybody there was a, a villain to me is Johnny Fairplay and yeah. Russell, but I hadn't seen Russell's season, so nobody there was Johnny Fairplay, so how bad could these people be? A very good point, actually. It's interesting to note, though, with uh, with the way when you guys return for an all-star season, because post-shows, I'm sure a lot of you get to know each other, a lot of you become friends. I mean, someone like you and Rupert, you played together previously, but when you go into that as well, does that make it a bit harder, too, knowing that you might actually be friends with some of these people, where you're playing a game like Survivor with them? No, the thing that happened was me and Rupert played Pearl Island together that was true but we hadn't talked in a long time and he ended up on the hero so he was nowhere near me mm-hmm. and the only other person that I had met was Candace because her family also lives here in Fayetteville where I live now other than that I never had met Boston Rob I had never met Parity. I had never met anybody people assume that because we're in this survival world that we know each other but we don't I mean there's still winners that I've never met Yule you know, there's other people that that are big players like Ozzy. I just ran into Ozzy um, in New York City. We had dinner together. I had seen him one time for like two minutes. We took a picture, but they were moving me around so much to go do an interview here and there and there that the whole night went away. And I never got to spend another second with him other than me and him saying cheese for the camera. We it- might be in the same location and still not have the opportunity to actually say two words to each other. There's a big chance for a massive reunion union down the line then when the show wraps up you can get all over 300 of you together and have a big party well they did they tried to do that for the 10 year anniversary and fly people in and people still didn't show i mean a lot of people went but there's still one or two that are still bitter i mean in every season there's got to be at least three or four people that once they finish with survivor they don't want to have anything to do with it yeah that's very true we've actually found that uh in contacting a few people through this they uh they've basically said to us look that was a past part of my life i've moved on now and uh you know all the best so fair enough there are some people out there that obviously give it a go and don't want to sort of be labeled as a survivor contestant i suppose sandra yeah or or they just had it was a tough season for them they made yeah. stupid mistakes they got ridiculed for it a lot of people don't have tough skin and can't deal with it that's very true we're nearly getting to the end sandra and we'll get to a set of five questions shortly but i've got a couple of questions actually that have been given to us by a few of our listeners now the first one i'm actually very keen to find an answer to this one uh was it harder to live with johnny Fairplay or russell hands russell because to this day i can't stand russell Russell. Fair play, I can 
I can tolerate Fairplay when he's John Dalton, but when he's Johnny Fairplay and he's been drinking, then he's a different monster all by himself. There you go. I hope that answers a few questions. And another one, too. This is a very interesting one. Obviously, the first time you won the game, it was a final two. The second time you won it, it was a final three. Now, was it more difficult to try and win in a final two or a final three? And which of these final systems do you personally prefer? I like the final two better, um, but it, it doesn't make... I guess to me it really didn't make a difference because once I was sitting there, like like for instance, when I was sitting there next to Lil and Johnny Fairplay had gotten voted off, when we went into that challenge, Lil was like, Sandra, it's me and you, and, and Johnny Fairplay was like, Sandra, it was, it's me and you. So regardless, it didn't matter because I knew I'd be in the final two. You know, for me, I was going to take home the $100,000 and I was happy. The same thing happened to me um, in Heroes versus Villains when Jerry's telling me, Sandra, it's me, you, and Russell. And Parvati's like, Sandra, it's me, you, and Russell. And Russell's telling me, Sandra, it's me, you, and Parvati. So I'm like, oh, snap. No matter what, I'm still going to the final three. And if I can get more votes than the other person, I'll still get the $100,000. So for me, it really it didn't make a difference, but... In a happy survivor world, I would like Final Two. I'm a personal fan of the Final Two myself. I think the Final Three sometimes, it, it ends disappointing because you very rarely see a close Final Three. It's usually between two people and one person just gets no votes because they just hate them completely, a la Russell in your yeah. season. And um, it just it always doesn't live up to its potential excitement. I want to see a three-way tie and see what they do in that situation. You know what I wanted to tell you, too, about that? A lot of times when people don't get any votes at all, they say that the jury is bitter. They always have a reason why they should have won. But and, and a lot of things that the fans don't understand is all the things that they're doing out there, we don't see everything until we get home and watch the season on TV. And by then, we've already voted. Mm. So maybe there are good players along the way, but we're not... We don't see everything that's going on behind our backs. You know what I'm saying? A lot of things get done that you don't know about until you see it and hear it on TV or see a secret scene on the computer, yeah. uh, you know, on CBS.com. So when we're voting, we have to base it upon what we know and what we see. Does that make it extremely difficult then when you actually go back and watch the season and be like, oh, gee, that's what they said about me or you, you bastard, you shouldn't have said that about me. You want to just punch him in the face? No, because a lot of, well, when it comes to me, a lot of, I don't feel like a lot of ugly things were said about me. And a lot of the times I look at it and I'm like, damn, did I say that? Damn, did I do that? And I don't realize the things I said and did. There's, I mean, for instance, when Coach went up the tree and I won the bet from Boston Rob for a dollar, I had totally forgot about that. Because hmm. hmm. there's a, a big scene, period between, isn't it? You know what? There's so much stuff going on in your head. You're playing today's scenario you're playing tomorrow's scenario the next you got so much stuff going on in your head that you just don't remember every second of every day that you're out there and another thing I, I was watching my husband bought me the dvd for christmas of heroes versus villains and when boston rob says to me sandra go see where russell is and he's down the beach and i'm watching him and i'm like stupid ass i didn't even remember that even happened <laughs> you know like there's so much stuff that you're like wow did that happen i don't even remember that and, and you were out there you know yeah 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 it's all it's all a blur and of course added to that the fact that you're, you're not sleeping very well you're not eating very well you you all a bunch of smelly survivors being followed by camera people it's probably the last thing on your mind remembering everything isn't it yeah you don't you don't remember that it's different than the amazing race where you have to remember every country you went into and when you went there and what you did so i'm glad we don't have to do that on survivor indeed well sandra look we'll wrap it up now with a set of five questions we like to ask all our guests now these are specially customed to our survivor friends here on the show and um, okay. I'm very intrigued actually for one of these questions because I'm pretty sure I'll 100% know the answer for but it will make it fun. Question number one for Sandra, 
Did, uh, during both seasons of the show, really, what did you miss the most? Food, proper bedding, or a proper bathroom? Food. Food? That just goes mm-hmm. through your mind all the time? You're always thinking about, about food, especially sweet stuff. Mm, yes, I can imagine. So those reward challenges, obviously, are the, are the best part of it, aren't they? Yeah, but you got to remember, like, on Pearl Islands, I never got to go on a reward. Like, nobody never took me. And on Heroes versus Villains, when I went to my chocolate reward, that was the first time I had ever went to a reward. And then you think you're going to eat a bunch of stuff, and after two pieces of chocolate cake, you're, like, done. <laughs> Indeed, you just you just cannot stomach it anymore. When you got home, was it just a full-on pig-out session? We've actually heard from a few of the survivors that, because they've been out there for so long without food their bodies couldn't cope with an excess amount of food straight away yeah you can't you can't it's a it's a gradual recovery and um from the minute we get out we get out of the um off the island and they take you back to get your you know your blood pressure and take your blood and check your ears and 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 whatnot and your weight and all that stuff when you're taking a shower you know usually you get a plate like i would always get a plate while i'm washing my hair because you know you got to wash it like 30 times i mean it's full of muck and everything else but while i'm taking my shower i'm grabbing snicker bars off the toilet you know (laughs) off a plate on the toilet just so that you can eat and then they cook you these meals and you're like oh my god salt pepper paprika everything you know like your taste buds just want everything but you can't yeah. You really can't. Yeah. You'll make yourself sick. Oh, look, it'd be worth it, though, wouldn't it, just to get a taste of, like, a Snickers? Oh, yeah, of course, because you've been dreaming about it all for 39 days or however many days you're out there. For me, it's always, like, 39 days straight. You know, I don't know what it's like to be voted off, you know? Mm-hmm. $2 million <laughs> in your pocket, Sandra. You could just go and buy Snickers the factory and just make them every day for yourself. Yeah, but you know what? I'm older now, and I have to watch my weight, and it's not easy <laughs> when you're over 30, you know, because they say after you pass 30 years old, you know, you gain a certain amount of weight every year so i'm like oh you deserve it you've been over 70 odd days in in the wilderness just living off nothing i think i think people can forgive you a bit there sandra yeah but you know what who am i to complain boston rob did like 117 days didn't he very true he's there for four seasons so uh he's uh, the longest one out there so mm-hmm. it'd be very interesting you know what but that scale should be on a percentage if you go two times and win both times what a percentage do you have but if you go four times and only win once on the fourth try what is your percentage? We need percentages. It's a very good point, too, because in those four seasons that he did, he only made the jury twice in the two seasons he was voted out um, pre-jury. So that's mm-hmm. another good point. The percentages, I mean, you may play four times, but how far do you make it each time, Sandra? You've won it twice. You, No one else can say that, can they? Yeah, but you know what? I'll never be able to say that again. <laughs> well, look, if they turn around and they were to make it, I would love to see a season where it is just all winners. They get every single winner, maybe not everyone, but 16 past winners and just put you all against each other. That would, to me, be a brilliant season to see who would come out on top. And I reckon, I reckon, despite the fact that you're the only one there that has won it twice, you could you could weasel your way in there and you could make it a third time. I've got confidence in you there, Sandra. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Plus, you got to get along with them. And I'm one of those people where I try to get along with everybody. You know, I'll be your best friend, but the minute you stab me in the back, that's a different story. Indeed, you know? indeed, indeed, Sandra, indeed. Well, I'll get to question number two then. And this is a, an interesting one I like to find out from guests as you get nice and close to, uh, of course, Jeff Probst when you're out there. How many different cargo shirts do you think he goes through in each season he films? Well, I'm almost sure that Columbia sends him a whole set of shirts. I mean, he's got to have, I don't know, because he wears their pants too, so it's not just right. the shirts. I'm sure they sponsor him. I'm sure he has every color of the rainbow, every color man has ever made. I mean, but he looks good in those shirts, and I couldn't see him out there on Survivor at Tribal Council without a Columbia shirt. 
Yeah, it'd be That's weird. That's like a staple. Yeah, it'd be weird to see him just rock up in, you know, a pair of track pants and a, and a sweater vest or something like that. It would just look weird. Yeah, or a tank top or a t-shirt. Like, it just, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Jeff. He'd be he'd surprised you one time. That would be the twist one season. Jeff Probst doesn't wear a cargo shirt. <laughs> that, that, they'll just, they'll run out of ideas and that will be it. Does he actually smell brilliant, though, when you get nice and close to him after about 30-odd days on the island? Well, we don't never, I mean, we don't get close to him because he's always, you know, telling us what to do, you know, come on out, we come on out, he lays the law down, then he walks off, then we start the challenge, whoever wins gets the, the idol, and whoever doesn't, head on back to camp, and that's all you see. Sneak and then you see him. him at tribal council, but he's sitting over there, and you don't want to be over there by him. That's a no-no. Yeah, he, he's probably just doing that deliberately to avoid getting getting you guys towards him, I think. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, question number three. Now, this is a very interesting question, which we don't get a, a full-on answer from, but I'll see what you will say. In the history of the show, who do you think the least deserving winner is and the most deserving person never to have won? The most deserving person never to have won? I'll would have to say maybe somebody like uh, Steven, Steven Fishbox. And second in Token Teams? From Token Teams, yes. And who would I say is the least deserving winner? Yeah. Oh my God. To me, anybody that wins deserves it because, shucks, to make it to the end, that's a feat on itself. But um, who is a winner that I'm not too big on? Oh, Jenna. Jenna? Jenna Rascal. Mm-hmm. Right, yes. That should have been easy for me. I don't know why it was so hard. (laughs) Well, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember a whole lot from Amazon. Um, I do remember Matthew, who finished runner-up, being considered quite crazy. But I remember that season two as well as uh, Rob Sestanino having a great season but just missing out in the top two. Yeah, uh, Sestanino is a good one. I actually put him up for um, the uh, Survivor Hall of Fame. Mm. Um, he was my top five in my top five. So um, he's yeah. a good player, too. But you know what? Amazon wasn't all that. That's why they just came out on DVD, didn't they? Just recently, like this year. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, they're slowly releasing them because they did a very weird thing, didn't they, with the, the seasons? They released the first two. Then they released, I think, your season, the Pearl Islands and eight, nine and ten. And then they're just going back and releasing Africa and Marquesas and Thailand gradually, aren't they? Yeah, well, they just put the ones that are going to make the money up front, yeah. and I'm glad to have been part of two of them. <laughs> you have. Both your seasons are definitely out there on DVD, so people listening to this who are keen to uh, to see Sandra in action again, go out and buy them. Uh, question number four, if you could go back to any previous season that you haven't been a part of and play in that season, what season would it be and why? Oh, wow. Um Fans versus favorites. I would have liked to have been out there. You were originally in that cast, weren't you? But you were cut at the last minute, I believe. Right. The night before I was going to fly out, what I thought was I was going to fly out, they called me and said, no, you know, we went with a fans versus favorites instead of winners versus runners up because it was me. It would have been me and Johnny Fairplay. Ah, um, right. They just took um, Johnny Fairplay. But it, was, it came out to be a good season. But I would have liked to play in that one. And they also invited me back for the All-Stars when I had just finished Pearl Islands. But, you know, I was sick with parasites and stuff. I didn't get a good deal of health, so I couldn't go back. Yeah, it would have been very interesting, actually, to see in both those seasons. Because Fans vs. Favourites, you were mentioning before about uh, former castaways going up against people who never watched the show just because they look good. But that season was interesting with the fact that they were pitted up against people who knew who these guys were. And it was a very interesting season. Yeah, that one, that one was a really good one. Um, I actually like when they bring play back you know i don't know it's just too many of us already and i like it when they 
bring people back and and you say okay this is your second chance to play the game i hope you get it right and and they come out the gate cutthroat you know they start playing the game from minute one yeah indeed they do indeed they do do we have a dog a few seconds ago barking there for a bit of attention sandra a bit hungry was it yeah i um my rosie i have five dogs my pomeranian she wanted um a bone with peanut butter but Uh. i'm busy right now (laughs) well uh, you give her a special pat for us from here in australia sandra how about that (laughs) and the final question now this is the one that i assume i will know the answer for i i I will guarantee i will know the answer to this question who to you sandra is the greatest survivor in the history of the show myself of course thought <laughs> well i tell you what uh you have been answered that question i think at least twice uh, we had holly hoffman on the other week who uh mentioned you in that one as uh, of course oh, saying she's a sweetheart. if i know them i really try to get to know people you know what i'm saying and i know holly and who else um i think edna Marr, just from south pacific mentioned you as a, as a possible candidate, but I actually think she went with Cochrane just to give him a bit of love. You know what? And I was with Cochrane uh, about three weeks ago in New York, and he is so down to earth. And a lot of people criticize him, like I said, for the moves he made. But I said to him, you know what, Cochrane? I'm sure that you, you he's a smart guy. And I was like, I'm sure you sat on that beach for hours and said, if I do this move or if I do this move, you know, how am I going to make it out of this? And I'm sure he picked what he thought was the best move for Cochran at that time. Absolutely. Well, that is a brilliant answer. I'm glad you gave the one we were hoping for because I would have been a bit worried if you had sent someone else. But Sandra Diaz-Twine, it has been an absolute honour chatting to you here this morning on the Brink and Edge Radio. Good luck for everything in the future. And uh, I hope to see you once again on the screens for Survivor because I'd love to see you go 3-0. Thank you, Ben, and I hope I get to stop over there in Australia too while I'm at it. Pick up some more stuff from my wall. <laughs> and a big thank you, of course, goes out to Sandra for her time and all her other times since, and I'm sure we will get her on again at some point in the future. Next week, I'm sure you can see where we're going with these a uh, couple of ones in a row, uh, that next week, our Flashback Friday, I'll tell you right now because you're going to guess it straight away it is our boston rob interview we put it to you uh several weeks ago in terms of the poll we put him up against tony and you chose you wanted to hear tony interview so uh we will play the boston rob interview the only time we ever had him on the show it was a great chat i'm not a huge boston rob fan however um this was a very informative chat and one that i'm very glad that i had the opportunity to do so that will be next week uh but in the meantime get excited for island of the idols a couple of weeks away we're going to have some great coverage throughout that season um some exciting stuff going on so please stay tuned to our social media for updates and just exactly what is going to be happening with that. And uh, we hope you enjoy our coverage as well as our Australian Survivor coverage that is going on at the moment too. So I'm sure you're appreciating that as well. Lost, Third Watch, other movies going on at the same time. And you can snapchat with all of that, following us on uh, Twitter, liking us on Facebook, subscribe to all of our other relevant podcast channels, get them directly to your device. And as always, we would very much appreciate it if you could uh, spend a couple of moments to give us some feedback on whatever service you do listen to us on. But until we next speak again, my name is Ben. Thanks for tuning using the Oz Network and listening to it as well. And we'll speak to you next time. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.